You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What is good, everybody? Welcome in. Benny and the Bets presented by our friends over at PXG. If you have not had an opportunity to go check out their store right here in the Kansas City area at 119th and Blue Valley Parkway in Overland Park, it is an incredible, incredible experience to go ahead and get clubs that are custom fit to you at less of a price than what you're going to be able to find with all the other major brands. Go see Alex, go see Marcus, go see everybody there. They're going to take good care of you. Go check out our friends over at PXG at PXG.com. This is week one of the NFL, and the man that you see currently on the right side of your screen is not only uh, an outside, inside, top dog when it comes to understanding the world of sports betting, sports analytics, stats, and numbers, but also Survivor. And he's a Kansas City guy. It is our friend Jason Lisk, who you should be following over on uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at Nathan Lids. Um, his content's over at Team Rankings, also Bet IQ, and of course the sign that you see behind him over at Pool Genius. What's up, Jason? Happy Week One to you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, Pool Genius is specifically w- the, the 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 subsite where we have all of our pool content. If you play in Survivor and Pick'em pools, so we've actually set up um, a special landing page for KC Sports Network listeners there. So if you want an edge in your Survivor Pick'em pools this year, go to PoolGenius.com. Pool Genius behind me slash KC Sports for exclusive discounts and offers. And you can also sign up for a no-obligation trial for week one. So I have a Team Rankings account. I have a Pool Genius account. I've been using it for the last few years. Um, I've lasted, I think, until week 14, a couple Survivor picks ago. Uh, that was the game, just I don't know if you remember, but it was the, uh, the Rams, um, who at one point were undefeated. Uh, maybe it was a few years ago. Um, and that was the game that I think they were going up against the Jets team that either oh, yes. had one game, pretty much knocked out everybody. Yeah. But I didn't survive up until that point. And we'll get into a little bit later on the show. A lot of people are doing Survivor completely wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the easiest games you can play as long as you know the right ways to go about choosing a team week by week. I do want to start off with you because we have a major game with major implications yeah. to start off the year. Week one, Lions at Chiefs Thursday night football to start off the season for the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, And as we're taping right now, uh, news just came out literally a few minutes ago uh, from Adam Schefter that Travis Kelsey is questionable now for uh, Thursday night. Uh, Andy Reid told reporters that he hyperextended his knee at practice today. Uh, His status for Thursday night's opener is uncertain, of course. Um, Make sure you're following, by the way, a new addition to the KCS team in Nate Taylor, who's been all over this as well. Um, I will say this. If we're talking purely about the number, let's let's start here. We've already gotten a pretty clear indication of how sports books feel about the possibility of Travis Kelsey missing this game. For pretty much the entire summer, Jason, this number for the Chiefs has held at six and a half as a favorite. It's creeped up to seven and gone right back down. But basically all summer long, that's been lined just under a touchdown, and the total has been hovering around 54, 54 and a half recently. Now with DraftKings, it's down to 53 and a half, and it's also down, at this point in time, down to five and a half. Basically indicating that Travis Kelsey is worth a point on both sides. Do you agree with that assessment here? Uh, 
while we don't know if he's out, yes. So um, if I were to guess on Kelsey's value, and certainly we're going to guess, you know, I haven't studied it in depth. And it's hard to study with any individual player, right? You don't you don't have many cases where they were out, the circumstances are the same, and you can kind of do an analysis. I would still put him at like two to two and a half points probably in value on the Chiefs. That's a large number for a non-quarterback, right? I mean, Mahomes is out. It's probably at least a touchdown. Correct. Mahomes is probably the most valuable quarterback in the league. Even with Andy Reid, his offensive coordinator, you're probably talking the Chiefs are a pick them to an underdog if we found out Mahomes is out. Uh, Kelsey being at two and a half, I mean, that's what a Hall of Fame caliber player when I looked, you know, 10 years ago was worth two and a half to three points in his prime. Uh, tight end, arguably, you know, because of the Chiefs' situation, you can make an argument for more. I mean, we don't know Tony's health. Uh, Sky Moore's a question mark. You know who's gonna who who would be, who would be the guy to carry the um, the target load if Kelsey's out would be a big question in Kansas City in Week One, where it might not be in Week Eight once we know those answers. Yeah, I I think you're spot on when it comes to trying to determine where the value lies. Let's say Kelsey is out. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's ruled out for this game. Right. Where do we think that the total lands and, and where do we still perhaps find value? If the line goes, because it's still, like you said, as we're recording the show, it's still very much a question mark. Uh, I would imagine that if it's already down to five and a half at DK, it probably goes down closer to five. Maybe even the public all of a sudden starts to get very heavy on Detroit knowing that the Chiefs' best option is further out. And by the way, as I'm speaking to this right now, again, in real time as we're recording the show, the line is back up to six. So maybe my assessment of the public is wrong. Maybe the public is going to still be on Kansas City regardless, at home, public play in general. Uh, The line's right now back at six. Right. If Kelsey's out, do you think we get down to to five, maybe even four and a half? I think you could if he's officially ruled out because these things are slow to react to. I, I know we think the market's going to react instantaneously to the right spot, but it won't. I mean, the Cooper Cup news, I'm kicking myself for not jumping on Seattle last week because my anticipation was the market's not fully pricing in the risk that he misses, and they're going to realize he's going to miss probably week one over time. This is the Rams-Seahawks game. That line's crept up another point since since I was kind of assessing it last Thursday. Five and a half now. And even no matter what you think of that side, you would have grabbed line value if you just jumped on the – Seahawks then. Um, and I think this could creep. We do, we have a very short window. I will say that. We only have like a little bit of time till Thursday night kickoff, so we're going to know much sooner. But I'm not sure the market fully prices it in right away. Um, we'll see. I think I think the books are going to just fill out where the sharp betters want to go. And and so they don't know. They don't know the answer to that. Uh, my sense is you can't give the Chiefs much below. You can't get them below four against this defense by Detroit. I mean, how many times has Mahomes lost a game no matter who's on the field by more than like a single score. So you have to have the Chiefs at a number where you uh, aren't just giving Mahomes like he's going to kill you because you're, you're giving up a, a low spread, right? Um, where he's going to beat you in the fourth quarter no matter what. And so I think this number has to probably be, stay above four. Uh, Detroit's defense wasn't very good last year, but their offense is really good, which is why the total is massive for a week one total. All right. Well, I was just going to say, let, let's let's talk about the the, the matchup and specifically the total for a second. Um, one of one of my favorite tools over on Team Rankings and particularly Bet IQ is the specific custom betting trends tool. 
Uh, and so I was just trying to find something that was going to stand out a little bit in regards to this game. And I was trying to think, okay, how have these two teams done um, in previous openers, maybe specifically home openers for Kansas City? Um, and you go back and realize that the Chiefs have won their last eight week one games. Uh, and then you say to yourself, okay, well, how have they done against the spread? They're 6-2 and two against the spread. 8-0 in those eight games to the over. Then you look at Detroit. Obviously, they have not won their last eight games. But if you go back to the last 12 years, and again, just interesting trends, certainly not indicative of what's going to happen because different regimes, different players. Last 12 week ones, Jason, you go and look at the bad IQ tool. They've hit the over. So you have two teams going up against each other on Thursday night who are respectively 20-0 to the over over their last eight to 12 week one games right you already have a high number on the board i i still think it's a very difficult play I, and i'm on 53 and a half I, I paid a little bit extra um to, to take 53 and a half and right now you can get that number at minus 110 because of the kelsey uncertainty um but give me your assessment initially of, of sort of where you think both these teams are with each other and maybe some of the trends that maybe have stood out to you in preparing to bet this game. Yeah, I'm probably less concerned about Detroit's longer term. Um, now, last year they went way over in a game, which is more relevant because it was golf and it was a lot of the same players. In that Eagles game, they opened against the Eagles. They were actually trailing, came back and backdoor covered, I believe, and it was a shootout. Mm -hmm. I think they got. I think both teams got over thirty. I think they were down like maybe twenty-one or twenty. Yeah, and, and um, so I mean that's what we could see here. I mean, let's be honest; these teams are going to move the ball. The over/under is going to be decided by red zone performance. Like they're they're only going to go under. They're not going to go under because the team shuts a team down and they pawn all game. They're going to go under because they fail to execute in the red zone. They miss field goals, all that stuff. I mean, this is going to be a game with yards. Whatever you think of the total, this is going to be a game with yards. Um, the Chiefs, you mentioned eight no to the over. Not only that, but if you look at the custom trends pool, are and if you want to go see that, everybody, that's free. By the way, uh, I don't think you have to be a subscriber to see that particular. Nope tool on bet iq you go to the nfl tab you go to trends and there's a custom trend tool link you fill in your years home away whatever data team you want to look at week um and you can look at it goes back to 80, 1985 uh the nine including the chiefs game right now which obviously this total could change downward but there are nine games including this one where the total is 53 and a half or higher in week one since 85 so it, it, you rarely get a total this high the Chiefs are now four of those nine, the other three being the last three years on opening day, and they've gone over them. And so the Chiefs are kind of a trend buster because normally I'd say week one, you want to lean under if the total's really high because teams people might be overconfident in how good those offenses will still be. But I think we're pretty confident Mahomes is a good quarterback. Somewhat confident. Yeah. I, I think we can feel pretty secure, especially here, uh, saying, okay, yeah, he's probably going to be, uh, he's probably going to respond well here. Have you looked at any props for this game? I One that certainly comes to mind regarding Kansas City and the, the number on Chris Jones, especially now that he's not going to be available for, for Thursday night, bearing some sort of crazy circumstance. But um, you and I are not expecting this. Uh, there's a stat from, from NFL Next Gen that indicated that over the last five years, um, when Chris Jones is on the field, the Chiefs have the best uh, quarterback hurry percentage in the NFL. Without him on the field, that goes all the way down to 28. Right. So pressure on Goff, not likely to occur unless 
Kansas City is in an ideal spot in the fourth quarter. You get to pin their ears back. Detroit's trying to play for for a comeback here. But essentially, there's the belief now that, that Goff is going to have plenty of time. Lions have a very good offensive line, as do, as do Kansas City. Uh, when you're looking at the prop market for this game, have you had a couple plays that stand out? And and if Kelsey misses, how likely are you to go to maybe somebody like Blake Bell to hit their over or focus on other guys on Kansas City to be able to maybe go over on their yardage if Kelsey is out? Yeah, I mean, the 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 Chiefs, there's so much variance. I would listen more to your local reporters and what you all are saying than me on that because I, I think there's just so much uncertainty in, in roles if Kelsey's out. Obviously, everybody gets a bump in expectation. Um, Sky Moore, you think, would be the beneficiary. Uh, we obviously have question marks. I mean, Moore was not very productive last year, wasn't used very much. Uh, he's basically being thrust into this role. Can he handle it? Um, and so that's a question mark. And then on the Detroit side, I do think if there's no pass rush, there, there are some interesting angles with Detroit. St. Brown is a volume hog, uh, and and you probably can't set his, his numbers, you know, going to be large, but they don't have Jamison Williams. There's no real established second threat. If they have time, I, this the rookie Laporta, because just because there's not a second option, uh, he's he's a guy that can stretch the field as a rookie tight end and would become more of an option as because their other receivers are Josh Reynolds, a veteran Marvin Jones who's at the end of his career, mm-hmm. and then rookie Jamar Gibbs is the receiving back. So who's this field stretcher in that group? Maybe the aging Jones, maybe Laporta. I like the call on Laporta too, especially if you're looking at maybe his anytime touchdown numbers. Montgomery is a guy, depending on the number, I'll, I'll likely expect to be an anytime touchdown target, especially given what we know about Detroit. Uh, for as often as they feel comfortable in Ben Johnson's system passing the football, uh, Jamal Williams at one point was 150 to 1 last year to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns. And he was the guy. They trusted him in the red zone. They brought in Montgomery after years with Chicago. Uh, as a guy that's going to break a ton of tackles, particularly inside the five, inside the 10. Um, so I, I think Montgomery likely scores, maybe even gets a couple there. Uh, and Laporte is a really interesting play too, given that it just there's not a lot of knowledge about him right now. And it's a rookie. Um, yep. You talk about tight ends trying to learn a system in their first year. Easy opportunity for a red zone target to draw up a situation for him. Um, I, I think that's certainly intriguing as well. If we're looking on the Kansas City side for props, you mentioned Sky Moore. His number is kind of all over the board. Yeah. I've seen him as low as 35 and a half for receiving yards. I've seen him as high as 40 and a half. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is, is in a similar type of realm. I've seen him as low as 34 and a half. I've seen him as high as 37 and a half. Um, and then for for Kelsey, we've seen him 79 and a half, 80 and a half. So these are all high variance situations with a team that is projected to score a lot of points, but to me, I almost kind of feel like I have to wait until I know if Kelsey's going to be out or not to feel really secure in going for any of these. Yeah, the, I mean, the thing with like the Kelsey numbers, uh, I mean, that's no action if he doesn't actually play. If you put Correct. It but as far as everybody um, else's... But if he does come in, I don't know if the chances that they'd play him but be on like a snap count. I doubt that. I doubt they play him if he's not 100% or not ready to go and just play. Don't you? Like, there's probably no undervalue on, uh Kelsey plays but only part-time. Correct. Okay. Ah. I'm right there with you as well. We're going to take a quick break. Coming up on the other side, after we've gone through all of our different Chiefs and Lions plays for Thursday night, Jason and I are going to hit the rest of the Week 1 NFL schedule with some of our favorite plays for the Week 1 board. We'll also get into the proper way to actually go about Survivor when it comes to NFL, because a lot of you guys are doing it wrong, 
and you're leaving some opportunities for some money and some high opportunity and some volume on the table. Jason Lisk of Pool Genius Team Ranking Bet IQ is with us here on Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hey guys, it's Benny Heist from Benny and the Bets. And when it comes to improving your golf performance, there is nothing quite like a PXG custom club fitting experience with a true PXG fitting specialist. This data-driven fitting is going to help determine the right club heads, perfect loft, lie, and shafts to be able to completely transform and change your game and also lower your scores in the process. So no matter your skill level, you can be fitted for PXG's flagship Gen 6 clubs. They're designed to deliver incredible gains in distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. And for a limited time, you can use the code PXG75 when you sign up for a custom fit and get 75% off your fitting at PXG.com. Or you can give their store in Kansas City a call at 913-396-6100. All right, Jason Lisk is here uh, on Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. We are going through the week one NFL schedule. All right, so... You've heard us have the conversation about what's happening with with Kansas City. Um, certainly, I think when it comes to the rest of the slate, uh, it, it just doesn't feel like, I, at least for me, I've been having a tough time really getting a, a feel for a lot of these numbers, even though we've been staring them smack in the face uh, for pretty much the entire summer. I've seen some movement here and there. I, I think if I'm looking at one underdog, like maybe to kick things off for week one, uh, that I like not only to to cover where they are, because I think the, the value might be gone, but you might as well just play them on the money line. I really like Pittsburgh at home against San Francisco. Um, and I'm curious to get your perspective on that game. You have a Steelers team where expectations are significantly higher for Kenny Pickett in his second year in the league. Um, there is more opportunity for for volume in that offense. Um, Jalen Warren is a guy that in fantasy circles, there's been talks about him potentially replacing Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson caught a ton of balls and never got into the end zone last year. I expect that to change. Yeah. It's going to be a team that I think is going to hang around for a while. And Mike Tomlin is somebody that if you get 10, 11 wins in that division, very difficult division, but a division that, um, has statistically they've been fine in. And also you get the Steelers as a home dog, which historically, Tomlin's covered it around like a 70, 75% clip over the course of his career. To me, that's sort of the immediate underdog uh, that I really like going into week number one. But but what about for you in that game? Yeah, I mean, that game is one of them that um, I, I'm going to talk just in general and also pools. Um, there's lots of factors that could work in Pittsburgh's favor. Uh, y- there's some unknowns. We don't know if Kenny Pickett will make that leap. He's looked good in the preseason. I'm a big Pickens guy. I know there's been criticism that he was a kind of a one-trick pony down the field and making contested catches last year. But I, but he was, he was 21 years old. Like, you have a 21-year-old that did what he did. I think he and Pickett can get better together. You also have a lot of issues on the favorite side here, right? We don't know. Brock Purdy obviously was really good down the stretch. Brock Purdy is playing in his first game since the elbow injury. Um, George Kittle may be out. George Kittle's dinged up. Um, Nick Bosa contract dispute so we got the chris jones thing they've got that with bosa and so they're not at 100 percent of where they could be as a, as the road favorite here uh certainly a spot in pools 
there are there are plenty of good leverage opportunities to take upsets. They're one of them. I mean, you're probably getting two to one, like 64% popularity, I think is what we're showing on uh, San Francisco right now. Let me just check that. Um, and this, just for clarification, as, as you're looking that up, when you say from a popularity level, for anybody that yeah. may not understand sort of what it means by by a public play, can you give a little bit more perspective on that? Yeah, absolutely. So what you want to do in one of the ways you win, uh, improve your chances to winning pools, and this is true whether it's Survivor or Pick'em. Right now we'll talk Pick'em uh, or a football pool, just like where you pick winners, you pick against the spread, whatever, um, is you want to leverage things where the chances of it happening are higher than what the public thinks. And so they may be down on a team, relatively speaking. Usually the public overpicks favorites. Now you want to do that in a season-long pool more often than not. But if you're in like a, a weekly contest where you're trying to beat somebody over the 16 games a week one, you want to sprinkle in those shots on underdogs that are maybe a little undervalued. Uh, in this case, we know San Francisco is being picked nearly two to one to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the true odds are probably 45%. And like you said, you kind of like the, uh, the Steelers side of that. So you maybe even bump that up a bit more. So you're getting closer to a toss-up or a 45% game at like 33 to 36% price. So you're getting some pot odds if you take teams like that. Now, obviously, you don't want to take too many underdog shots, depending on the size of your pool, but you do want to sprinkle some in a weekly contest to differentiate. Because if you, you basically want to think of it this way. If I hit the two or three game underdog or toss-up parlay, what do I win? Right. You don't want to be on the popular teams that are an underdog. You want to be on the teams people are undervaluing so that when it hits, you may be one of only like 50 people in the pool that has that specific combo. And then you, you're ahead of everybody and you just got to play them even on the other games. You got to get Baltimore right just like they will or whatever. And then uh, and then you win the pool that way. By the way, since we were talking about Mike Tomlin, uh, yeah. his record against the spread as an underdog, yeah. of course, Mike Tomlin's career, 51, 27, and 3 against the spread that covers 65.4% of the time. His number as a home underdog over the course of his career is stupid. 15, yeah. 4, and 3 as a home dog over the course of Mike Tomlin's career. So just this almost, I, I will it never. Up, it doesn't show. come up much, does it? He's been a coach since 06, 07, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, for it, it's kind of like when you look at Belichick in, in yeah. a lot of these different numbers as well. It's just you would think for someone that's been coaching forever yeah. um, that this number would be higher. But the reality is that they've had good teams for a very, very long time. And not often at home have they ever been an underdog. So Tomlin in this situation, especially with a Pittsburgh team that's healthy, it, you have TJ Watt back in the lineup. That's always going to be a substantial difference. Uh, a lot of those close losses and games that got away without Watt last year uh, were, were a key part of this as well. All right, let's continue down the board. And you brought up some some other interesting notes about sort of public plays. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have another very public play with Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Um, right now in that game, Jacksonville, uh, coming off the playoff appearance, Trevor Lawrence is sort of, I don't want to call him a dark horse MVP candidate, but uh, entering year three, you saw the substantial improvement uh, from year one to year two with uh, an adult in the room, as I like to say, in Doug Peterson over Urban Meyer. Line right now is is five for Jacksonville on the road against Indy. Um, and Jacksonville has, has had their number for a while. You can even get that number um, if you like uh, the Colts side at plus five and a half at some books. This, to me, feels like one of those games that 
the public is going to be all over Jacksonville. Colts are rebuilding. Anthony Richardson, uh, for as exciting and dynamic as he is, um, has, you know, plenty of, of issues when it comes to accuracy. Um, you know, there's concerns that he's just a very raw prospect that may be a fantasy stud quarterback this year. Right. Um, we're just not sure what he's going to be able to bring um, as a passer. But I kind of look at that game and say to myself, you would think this line would be higher given how much everybody's talking about Jacksonville. And yet, at some books, we're starting to see that number go the opposite way, more towards Indianapolis. I haven't seen it at four and a half for the Colts as a home favorite here. So that game, initially, when I see it on the board, I think to myself, you might have to hold your nose and play it, but I think you have to take Indy at home. Um, I think there are, yeah, there are some interesting trends with this one. Um, our models specifically don't show much edge either way, but I, I'll talk about trends I see. And um, one of them that uh, is rookie quarterbacks. Um, I looked up because I was curious for survivor pools, right? In survivor pools, you're taking larger favorites. So you would you would never take Indy in a survivor pool, but you might take Jacksonville. And in fact, Jacksonville has... They're they're like six percent. They aren't they aren't one of the biggest favorites this week, but they are being picked. You will you will see picks on them. Uh, so how have teams done in a variety of situations? And teams going against new coaches uh, as bigger favorites. I I made the cutoff four and a half points. Um, as kind of a survivor like level cutoff. Uh, they have won okay. The favorites have done okay, but, but that's because they've won eighty percent of the close games. They've been in a lot of sweats when they're going against new coaches. That's some of that's probably luck. Because uh, if you win eighty percent of the time in any subset in the close games, you probably did better than you should. So the new coach teams as underdogs covered, I think, like sixty percent of the time. That we have a new coach here. We have a the rookie quarterback. There weren't as many cases of rookie quarterbacks starting as new coaches, but they also showed, um, you know, the underdogs with rookie quarterbacks showed that they might be undervalued as a group. Like people may be hesitant to back uncertainty with new quarterbacks as if, if they're rookies, 21, 22 year old rookies, they don't want to take them, particularly if they're on a team that was bad the year before, which is what the case is usually with a, a quarterback who's starting. So those are indicators that have, have kind of leaned toward the underdog is uh, uncertain situations with the quarterback and coach. Um, so those are two things to look at in this one. It also comes up in some other games we'll consider for Survivor as well. But yes, those are factors that I would look at is, um, I mean, I'll just tell you right now, personally, I went out in April or in early May and fired on Steichen coach of the year because he fits the profile. Now, is it likely to happen? No, but it is odds. The coach of the year tends to come from a new coaches, guys who outperform expectations. The market has, uh, the chief's opponent, Dan Campbell is the favorite I disagree with that. Campbell would have to go like 14 and three to exceed expectations. It's an, it's an exceed expectation award. So you should be firing on people, teams that people think lightly of right now. And, and uh, they tend to have quarterbacks who were not brand names and unknowns, rookies, guys who hadn't come, who had come out of nowhere. You're not going to win coach of the year by getting Aaron Rodgers on your team and turning things around. They're going to say, ah, Aaron Rodgers is the reason you won, not the coach. The coach gets the credit when the quarterback is unknown. And so that was kind of my, my rationale. I don't think it's likely, but I do think the Colts are a high-variance play. Maybe even consider the money line versus the spread because you could have a high range of outcomes here. No doubt about it. And to follow up on your point for Coach of the Year, it's part of the reason that I'm on Tomlin. Um, because even though I think we know that there are some higher expectations in Pittsburgh, uh, 
general consensus is that they're still predicted to finish last in that division yeah. behind Cincinnati and Baltimore and Cleveland uh, with some of their additions and, and having Watson for a full year. If all of a sudden they come out and win that division or, or even get themselves into the playoffs, uh, you're, you're talking about a guy that has been consistently a winner in that division for many, many years. Um, and so I, I think Steichen is a great play. I, I'm not sure what his number is at right now. And I think to your point about it was over 2000, yeah, it was over. Yeah, it, it, I, I think it's still very much a reasonable play, especially at that number. But I mean, Brian Dable went nine, seven and one last he year. He was my pick last year for the same reason. Now I had the benefit there of being also like Joe Judge is awful. And I think he's going to get a, he's way better than Joe Judge bump, which he did. Like he, they weren't even great. What they win? Like nine and a half, 10 games. Yeah, uh, they didn't win the division, but right, he won the award. Yeah, he won the award because he was substantially a better coach than the guy before. Yeah, Mike Vrabel the year before, Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, uh, John Harbaugh, Matt Nagy, Jason or Sean McVay, just to name a few, uh, for the award over the last several years. Um, any other games on the board that initially, when it comes to looking yeah. at some of the different numbers that you found, uh, projections, anything that you kind of put together that, uh, whether it be for pool survivor, anything. That yeah, really caught your attention. Well, I'm going to talk about the Washington Arizona game because I think it's key for a lot of reasons, and I know that may seem like crazy, but for Survivor Pool, I think it is the key decision point in Week One because what you have is a Washington team favored by a touchdown over an Arizona team expected to be the worst in the league. You know, Kyler's not playing Week One; he's on the pop. They haven't even named a starter unless they did it in the last couple minutes. While well, I wasn't paying attention, but. Uh, as of this morning, no starter has been named in Arizona. Washington Dubs are, are Clayton Tunes. So yes. when they name a starter, everyone's going to be like, all right, okay. Uh, the coach is on videos and looks like a dork, and pe- everybody hates him. <laughs> like, And so, uh, that uh, you know, there's lots of re- – everybody's down on Arizona. Washington is favored by seven. Washington hasn't been favored by a touchdown in like five years. So they are not a team you, you typically want to lay points with. Um, they have a starting quarterback who started one career game in the NFL, and he's laying seven. So for a lot of reasons on handicapping factors, I would be all over Arizona. Week one variants, new quarterback, new coaches, just a, a whole bunch of like question marks. Like maybe Arizona loses by 50 because they're really bad, and maybe Washington, you know, pisses the bed, right? To, to, because they aren't used to being in this situation. They've got a quarterback uncertainty. Terry McLaurin's injured. All sorts of things with Washington that should throw up red flags. Washington is the second most popular survivor pick right now and might push Baltimore by the end of this week. We've seen their popularity go up 5% over the last week. They're at 21% now. So how you handle Washington is key in survivor pools and also just in general if you want to bet that game. Because I'm torn because every handicapping factor I look at, underdogs, uncertainty, I'd be all over Arizona because the public is all over Washington. And then I watch that coach and I'm like, oh man, do you want to put money behind that guy? Um, uh, the coach of Arizona, the defensive coordinator last year at the Eagles. Um, and so those are questions. And, uh, you know, that Washington situation, key decision point, they have no future value. They're the type of team you typically want to use in Survivor in big pools because you're not going to want to use them at any point later in the year. But the question is, are they going to be so popular you actually want to play against them because you think your pool is going to be overboard on them, which is also a strategy. Yeah, and we'll get to that strategy coming up in, in just a second. I do want to talk about Survivor with you because I, I think especially uh, given how easy it is for people to participate, to just have to yeah. deal with one game a week, um, it's clearly, I think, becoming, I think it's become substantially more 
popular than Pick'em, uh, which I really didn't expect for a while. But I will say this about Survivor. If you haven't had an opportunity to, to check it out and participate, you can obviously go and, and check out uh, Jason's work over at Pool Genius. Uh, and you'll want it, especially over at DraftKings. I, I still can't believe, Jason, that it's been seven months without an NFL game. It just feels like right. it's been five years. But but here we are. And the fact that NFL is here, DraftKings Sportsbook, who is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. So this week, new customers can get 200 bucks in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking people up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Uh, I've already seen a handful for the upcoming Chiefs game, uh, as well as for all the different week one specials, some Sunday night and Monday night specials as well. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN to sign up, new customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting $5. That's code KCSN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. For a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Just call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see dkng.co slash football. For eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources, bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Uh, I probably pronounced that incorrectly, so I apologize. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, and now the legalese are done. All right, we've got a few minutes left, Jason. Yeah. Let's talk Survivor. Um, yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned that the the two popular plays, at least for this week, are, are almost certain to be both Baltimore and Washington. Um, we can talk about whether or not you feel like either of those two plays are, are probably the right play for week one, but let's start outwards and kind of work our way in. Yeah, uh, Variance is key. The size of the pool is substantial as well. But I, I guess to kind of kick things off, what would you say is the biggest mistake that people tend to make when it oh, comes to their survivor picks that when you guys are explaining right. whoever a pool genius can actually make a substantial difference to try to help you out for the course of the entire season. Yeah. I mean, there's, I could answer that in so many ways, <laughs> the things that people should consider. Cause the, here's the thing you got to understand what contest you're playing. Most people, I think a lot of people come in and they just think about, Oh, who do I think will win? They don't spend much time on it because it seems so simple. Pick a winner, right? But you need to think about the contest. When the contest is to beat however many, like if you're if you're in the DraftKings, you know, millionaire contest, which is a hundred dollar entry and a million dollar guaranteed pool, you're going to have thousands of entries you're competing against, and you have to think how they're going to pick because you only win when you pick games that the other people do not pick. Your pick wins, and then they get knocked out. And so you have to figure out and find the spots where you go against the crowd. Uh, you, sometimes you're with the crowd. A lot of times you want to go against the crowd, at least when you have a reasonable opportunity. So the first, the, I guess the primary thing, the, the difference between, I, I would say, just an average player and somebody who's going to make money over time is do you think about your opponents? Pick popularity, how they're likely to pick in your pool. That's the number one. And then just following into traps like biases. Um, but those things manifest themselves in how people pick. Um, 
people, for example, will overreact to the week before. So I could I can tell you right now that typically what will happen if we have two favorites of seven points, the team that looked bad the week before will be way underpicked relative to the team that blew somebody out the week before, even though the odds market is telling us they have about the same chance of winning this week because there's probably luck factors and other things. So you're going to get biases that also impact and then not understanding saving teams for the future. If you can save a team like the Chiefs, uh, some people are picked the Chiefs. I, I would say this Kelsey injury probably should take that off the board for anybody because you don't want to use the Chiefs now if you can use Kelsey and Holmes later in the year against a better matchup. But some people will use good teams when they are popular early, the benefit of, of, of kind of delaying gratification because you have to understand you're probably not going to win this contest, but you have to have the bullets late to have a chance to win if you get there. And so uh, if you can stay off popular teams that are going to be favored a lot over the course of the year, you can use them at a point when nobody else will. And if you can come in with the Chiefs as a 10-point favorite and say under 5% of your pool using them in a week in the future, when everybody is on a smaller favorite because they feel they have to use them, that's the situation you want to win. That's what wins you money in survivor pools. That's when you get big knockouts. All right, before we let you go, because I know you're you're up against it here. Yeah, no, I'm good. Who's your week one pick for for which for first survivor? Pool? Uh, so I think that well, first of all, we I play portfolio, so I'm if I'm gonna if you're gonna make me pick one, uh, it depends on the size of pool you tell me I'm in. Um, all right, let's say let let's say it's uh hundred plus people. Okay, under post people, that, what that typically means is you're going to go late into the year. Uh, now, you may be down to 10 by no Thanksgiving um, or less, but you're going to go into December. So you're going to need 14, 15 picks. Um, I would be looking at Minnesota against Tampa because even though we think they were 13 and 4 last year, they're average in the betting market. And they, this is actually the, probably the biggest spread they'll have this year. The only way it won't be the biggest spread is if they're better than we think. And if they're better than we think, that means they probably roll this week. So uh, these are factors that I'm thinking about is like maybe I take Minnesota because I think the public's going to be all over Washington. And I'm not sure Minnesota is that much worse of a pick than Washington as far as the odds of winning and I or the future. And I think they're going to be underpicked relative to Washington. So that's one. Seattle's another one I'm looking at because of the yeah, cup. Injury. That, yeah. If cups out. And the and our data isn't showing that people are jumping on the Seahawks because they don't know, you know, because most people don't stay on top of news and odds moves. Seattle would be my other one because they're very low owned. People are wanting to save them, and they're like an average future team. Like you can you can get by by using them now instead of in the future. I like that. I like the Seattle play a lot. Um, I'll probably depending on the size of a pool throw in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like if I had thirty picks, like. Our 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 um survivor pool product, for example, you can get up to thirty entries per week. Um, if I were to if I were a guy playing thirty, which I may play close to that, um, yeah, I'd probably sprinkle three, four, five entries in week one on Baltimore because you never know, yeah. and because and, you know you never know which combination is going to be the one that gets you through. And so Baltimore, I'd play them less than the public, maybe about half the rate, but I'd probably want 15 percent of my portfolio on Baltimore. By the way, if you're feeling really bold, you can take Denver at home against the Raiders. That's not a bad play. That's not a bad play, Denver. I'm looking at their look-ahead lines. This is the largest spread um, that they have pretty much the entire season as a, as a four-point favorite at home, maybe even goes to four and a half. 
depending on what uh, the, the final results of this ends up being. Jason, you're the best man. Appreciate hey, no the problem. insight. Head on over to teamrankings.com, bet IQ, pool genius, and make sure you guys are following him on yeah. X, Twitter as well, at Jason List. This is great, man. Thanks for the insight. Good yep. luck in uh, week one. And remember, pool genius backslash Casey Sports if you want to check out the offers for your listeners. Thank you. No wait. Thanks, Jason. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.